everyone, welcome back to um, episode six. I think we're on six. Yeah, we're on yeah. six. Yeah, Tessa and Lyra. Um, today we're gonna we're gonna do something slightly different. Today we want to talk about like eight things that we feel boost our life productivity. Yeah. So just things that have helped us stay on track, reel us back in when we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, and improve our life to a certain extent. The first one is, I mean, sounds so boring, but the first one is sleep. sleep. And yep. sleep is so important. I consider myself being the sleep queen. It is a non-negotiable for me that I'm in bed every single night by nine o'clock. What yep. about you? Um, oh, absolutely. And the, you know, I used to be one of those people that thought that I could get away with not having mm -hmm. sleep. And um, maybe when I was like 17, 18, 19, I thought, yep, I'm okay on four hours sleep. But um, now as I get into my mid to late 20s, I'm like I'm absolutely incapable of surviving off of anything less than seven hours. And I really need eight to nine to function. That's like my personal threshold. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure actually there's like, you know, some people might say, oh, I can survive on less than six hours sleep. It's actually... There's not a single person that can, like, do that. I used to work at a sleep and light research lab. The The recommendation of six hours sleep, you know how it says six to eight hours sleep? Uh, apparently that's kind of the real tail end. And basically no one, no one, maybe one out of a 100 people can function optimally at yeah. six hours sleep. Yeah. So six isn't There's enough. Yeah, six is not enough, and um, the brain goes through like a proper cleaning process, mm. like in the evening, um, and it is really important for memory consolidation mm -hmm. and um, just like emotion regulation. And you are absolutely not going to be able to achieve anything with poor sleep. Yeah. So if you want to look into hacking into your life productivity, that is a baseline. Without that foundation mm -hmm. of having good sleep every night, you're screwed. So Your body's optimal healing capacity occurs from around 11 to 2 a.m. every single night. It's yeah. programmed into our brain. Yeah. And if you're not sleeping by around 11 o'clock, you're stopping the amount of time that your body has to actually like process all the bad stuff detox yeah um totally for yourselves to repair right so so even if you are getting that sleep but it's like at a different time we're not nocturnal by nature yeah and some people can't help it given they, they work night shift but it is optimal for you to be asleep when you should be asleep which is between the hours of like nine and six yeah and, yeah. and there is there is research on um People who work primarily at nights and yeah, shift workers, that their lifespan is cut by about five years from that kind of work. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. Give or take, obviously. Yeah. So our second hack is um, might come as no surprise, but it's um, reducing your sugar intake. Um, and yeah, I don't know about you, but I just can't. Um, if I have too much sugar, then I crash really, really strong, really hard after consuming too much sugar or uh, like refined processed carbohydrates. Yeah, sugar shouldn't even be legal in today's society because yeah. it's more addictive than cocaine. Do you guys remember that experiment that they did with rats when they fed uh, rats um, sugar and cocaine through a water dropper and you took the sugar away from the rats? They, they were showed 
more withdrawal-like symptoms and more outlandish behavior, um, more aggressive behavior than when you took the cocaine away. Yeah, it's, um, and like, I don't know if you've ever like gone through a, I'm not gonna have sugar for 30 days or, or whatever, when you cut sugar out of your diet, like intentionally, and not including like natural sugars that you get from fruit or, yeah. you know, there's obviously like natural sugars that come into things and that, that those, those sugars are fine, but anything that's got like, um, you know, refined added sugars into it or like, yeah. um, you know. It, biscuits and lollies and chocolate. Like, yeah, yeah, processed stuff. Um, and so like when you stop, it's like a good, week of just like feeling like crap mm. because your body is trying to deal with not having that as a constant yeah. supply yeah. is in all of our food it is it, it it's so um has such an impact on your like dopamine receptors and it's so addictive but the crash is really real so if you if you want to like up your life productivity removing sugar will help stabilize your energy levels mm -hmm. so that you're not going up and then down and crashing in the middle of the day or feeling super tired after lunch at like yeah. 2 3 p.m which is a very normal like thing people experience and then it's like you know you'll you'll feel less inclined to like drink coffee to make up for the tiredness yeah. that, that kind of thing i always wonder like you know is our caffeine consumption linked into having so much sugar in our diet because we're constantly crashing so we make up for it with stimulants yeah yeah i think um sugaring Caffeine, I don't, I don't know if this is like a fact, but I think that um, caffeine is definitely responsible for adenosine levels and dropping your, yeah. and um, what's the word, uh, dampening the adenosine receptor right. in your brain so that the whole point of like having a caffeine cleanse is to reset your adenosine receptors, which is actually the next point that we were going to talk about, right, is cutting out caffeine and and not having coffee like when you first wake up in the morning, yes. just reducing your overall caffeine consumption because what, what happens in your brain is that you get so addicted and when you don't have like naturally producing hormones to get you up because you're using coffee as that artificial dopamine hit mm. that you you need more of that and you're mm. going to get so addicted to that um and it's like when you wake up in the morning you naturally like your um circadian clock um and in your body you have like specific clock they're called clock genes yeah i've heard of this yeah and so you you your body's natural response to waking up in the morning is to produce cortisol to like wake you up get mm -hmm. you going mm -hmm. um it's a, it's a stress hormone and so mm -hmm. and it's 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 important in your body and that it gets you going for the day and then um as you wind down for the day cortisol drops yeah melatonin should increase get you ready for sleep mm -hmm. um and if you are consuming caffeine um, at the rate at which most people do, one to two coffees a day, maybe energy drinks as well, oh, yeah. um, you're interfering with that natural cortisol process. And if that's the first thing you do when you wake up is have a coffee, I'm not saying like, you know, coffee's bad and you shouldn't drink it at all because obviously like it's really nice to have a cup of coffee, but it shouldn't be the first thing you consume when you wake up. You know, I, um, I was pregnant and the one – I had to quit coffee, alcohol, I didn't really have much sugar, and the one thing that was the hardest is quitting all that caffeine. It yeah. was so hard over everything because, first of all, I realized that the only reason I'm hyper-productive, I consider myself to be a really productive person, you know, I've got a, a master's, I've got a PhD, um, I was like 
I'm practicing psychology, I'm doing lots of different things at a time. I think that the only reason that I'm like that is because of the amount of coffee I drink. Right. So in pregnancy, when you took that away, I was useless. Completely useless. Far I mean, like, yeah, so, like, did you feel like you went through a certain amount of withdrawal? Oh, yeah. And did you, did you feel like towards the end of it, after you had dealt without caffeine for a certain period of time, that you leveled out and, like, were able to maintain? Yeah, yeah. Like, after – I went from about having uh, at least three cups of coffee a day, so, like, two big ones, um, and, like, energy drinks, just everything, right? Yeah. And so when you cut that out – your body just goes into this shock mode. I was almost concerned for, like, the safety of my baby because I was withdrawing so much from all this caffeine. Right. And you know when you're going through regular yeah. addiction withdrawals, right. like, that's dangerous to a certain degree. And I was worried that my caffeine withdrawal could be dangerous to a certain degree too. Far out. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's, it's an incredibly addictive substance. Mm. But in our society, like, if anything else was this addictive – like, like a certain drug was this addictive, it, it wouldn't be legal. legal. But caffeine yeah. is legal because you can do so much stuff with it, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's very easy to, to get from the environment. It's just from, like, coffee beans. It's very, like, a natural yeah. source. But it's, like, um, and it's so integrated with our society. You go for a coffee with a friend to catch up. And you go, like, everyone has a morning coffee. It's, like, a bit of a ritual thing. It's called a morning wine. People refer to the morning, morning wine. wine. Yeah. yeah, there's and you know like there's nothing I do like I love coffee you know like but um it's yeah it does interfere with that natural sleep wake cycle so like our recommended hack is to not consume it the first time you wake up instead walk around get some sunlight exposure yeah you know, like wake up for a bit wait an hour have breakfast first and mm -hmm. then consume a coffee later on. Yeah. 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 No, that's um I think that's a really good recommendation. And and the next recommendation, um, on top of I guess not having coffee when you first wake up is the idea of exposing yourself to light when you yeah. wake up. Get that vitamin D, um, get Some that vitamin D as soon as you wake up, you know? Totally. It's so there's like um this is like also tied in with your like sleep cycle and your circadian rhythm, is that light in the morning, um, and I learned this from someone that studies light research, but um, the morning light tends to be like a little bit bluer. Oh, yeah. I know this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, blue light, as we know from like, you know, blue light filters, blue light glasses that are coming out. And it's like, that's what gets your cortisol going. Yeah. It's like, it, it so or, or it stops the production of melatonin. Yeah. But that blue light, um, it, which is common, like a, a sunrise, you know, has that like bluer tones to it, whereas a sunset has more like red tones. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's why like, you know, if you apply a blue light filter to your phone, it goes um, red because it's stopping that blue light, which can help you if you have to look at a screen at night, that's better for you yeah. than to have that blue light going through your brain. It'll keep you awake. Oh my God. Can I add on to this as yeah. well? So you guys know those face masks that you have that, that are light face masks that they're oh, like, like a lead light. lead light face mask. You know where that comes from? That comes from the very first 
bit of sunrise for about 20 minutes in the morning is it contains that blue light and also contains a certain spectrum of red light that has so much vitamin D that it's actually not damaging towards your skin in any way. It's actually beneficial. Oh, I wow. think it's because of those blue black filters in there as well. But that's the whole purpose of this like red light therapy is that it can reset your vitamin like your body in terms of like the vitamin d level which is incredible for your mitochondria which are the uh parts of the cell that are responsible for energy production for like cellular repair yeah. so if if you're if you're like getting up early in the morning particularly when the sun is rising get out there naked Put it yeah. on your body because that light is so good for you in so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think the nature of where, like, how we live now is we we live inside a dwelling, and like the amount of um, light that you know we're getting right now, say, so you know, we're inside. It looks pretty light. I don't have any artificial lights on, but. Um, even though our eyes might adjust, um, it might not look that dark in here. We're actually not getting the same amount of light. We might be getting 10,000, mm -hmm. 20,000 lux mm -hmm. in this room. Mm -hmm. But outside, if we were just to walk outside, even though it doesn't seem any brighter to us, we might be getting 100,000 lux yeah. now. So there's so much brighter to be outside. But obviously, we spend all day indoors. And then at night, we are exposing ourselves to way too much artificial blue light, yeah. which is like the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be exposed yeah. to light in the day and not exposed to it at night because that is in line with the natural cycle mm. of the earth and and humans are, um, you know, diurnal creatures. So, like, we need to be – like, our eyes and our body knows, you know, it, it's we're programmed to be like, this is light, I need to be awake, it's the day. But yes. we've got so much artificial light at night now, televisions, lights inside, phones, um, light pollution in cities, like – that is all factored in and it's absolutely disrupting with all of our sleep cycles. Yeah, we're confusing our brain. And the first thing you do with a baby when you have a newborn, for example, is put it in the light so it can regulate. So the baby can like regulate its uh, sleep and light exposure. Right. So that's like us. If we're not, if we're yeah. doing that with our babies, and that's the like ratio days we should be doing that with our yeah. babies. Or like when you go camping and all of a sudden your sleep goes back to normal, no problem. Yeah. You wake up early and you go to bed early yeah. when you're camping because you're just like around a fire maybe, which is like a beautiful, warm, red it's light. It's not invasive. It's not invasive. It's a very, very like healthy thing to do and you just all of a sudden your sleep goes back to this beautiful routine if you're out camping because yeah. you're back to like what humans were yeah. like made to do yeah so yep. vitamin vitamin d is the like happiness uh drug i guess the natural happiness drug and um what's that other saying the early bird gets the worm those sayings mm. they have been implanted for a reason you know yeah so get that light yeah. Yeah. Our next tip is that when you are going about your regular day and regular routine, you might find that like you're in a little bit of an echo chamber of your own thoughts. Most thoughts that you have today will be the same thoughts you had yesterday. And like you're kind of in a little bit of a loop. And if you have a regular routine like structure with your work and home life, um, you might be in a little bit of an echo chamber. Um, and so we suggest a one life productivity hack is to have podcasts going or 
audiobooks or, I don't know, a YouTube channel um, and have it going on in the background while you drive to work, while you're on the train to work or while you're at home doing, like, housework. Yeah, yeah. Um, folding the laundry. Folding know? the laundry. <laughs> consume some knowledge um, just without any effort, basically. So you're doing another and then you have this input um, of an educational podcast or something that you're interested in mm -hmm. learning is really, really good for you instead of just being in your own chamber yeah. because you will mm -hmm. um, subconsciously, um, you know, tune into that and then occasionally you'll be like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I, I didn't know that. And it's like a really easy yeah. hack into like learning something or thinking about something else and it gets you out of your own head. Yeah, it's like grounding in a way, right? Yeah. Because you're like listening to your – you're like driving, for example, and you are listening to an audiobook. And say you're like, um, you start to ruminate. You hear your audiobook, so it's like the, it's like activating one of the one of the senses and yeah. getting back to what you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, you know, normally when people are, are driving, or like I'm guilty of this as well, I'll just listen to the same kind of music on repeat, and um, I will be, you know. Kind of just in a little bit of a, a little bit of a thought loop. We're just listening to the same thing over and over. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Most humans are creatures creatures of habit, so we like the same stuff. So not only should you like you know tune into different podcasts or, um, but pick things that maybe you wouldn't normally listen to as well. Um, just to just to see a different perspective and just to hear something a little bit different. And you never know, you might learn something new, mm -hmm. um, and you might be able to uh, you know think in a slightly different way because mm -hmm. of that. So, mm -hmm. and it's just like a really easy way to like add something into your life because you don't have to make time for it because you're already spending time commuting to work. You're already spending time doing certain chores. You may as well learn something along the way. Yeah, 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 definitely. Bending your brain and educating yourself on something that you don't necessarily know is really good for you and it's really good for forming different neural pathways and different thought patterns to what you already have. Totally. Because, hey, if you're just listening to the same thing over and over again, that's also a form of rumination. You're just kind of constantly trying to confirm your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You should listen to things that are slightly different from your own, you know, political values or this, that, just to see what the other side is yeah. going to say, yeah. just, to, just to keep you out of an echo chamber and out yeah. of that confirmation bias. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, cool. Getting into the mental health thing a little bit more, we've got a podcast um, on personality and the self where we talk about identifying your values oh, yeah. and trying to, um, yeah, like kind of see where you want to go in life. And I think that this is uh, a really important part of both of our lives is that identifying some specific kind of goals and values to move towards so that you're not always feeling like you're floating in space and time, that you're doing something productive towards your values. So say if you like value art and creativity, you can do craftsmanship and you can make a beaded necklace, who cares? But at least you're you're doing something that's fulfilling a specific purpose that is really important to you. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you have um everybody should have uh, unique and um, and like personal values um, that uh, that can sort of pave the way for like 
how you spend your time mm. and who you spend your time with and um, and you know sort of what you're going to do in life you know life is a, is a certain um, uh, finite journey and so you may as well spend it doing things that are in line with your values and when you do that you live a much more fulfilling uh, fulfilling life which is more full of joy and um, and passion yeah and, uh, you live a life more closer to like having an adventure rather than just sort of living by other people's values and then building resentment so yeah um, we have spoken about this in more detail in other podcasts but we think it's really important to identify your values um and take actions that move you towards living a life in line with those values. Definitely. And, and how many times, I mean, I always see this personally where people are bouncing around different ideas in their life and they're, they're just doing really different and random things for the sake of doing something, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, it's going backwards in the sense of like, hey, why don't you see what's important to you first and then do something rather than like going, okay, I'm going to do this and see if it fulfills my purpose. Yeah. You know, without understanding what that purpose is first. Yeah. And then being disappointed in yourself because you're failing. Totally. Yeah. Or just like doing what other people think you should do. Yeah. Or like copying other people's values because it's what they're doing, but everybody has their own unique path. So you've got to identify your own first and then move towards it absolutely and people like don't worry about other people like other people just want to bring you down other people just have negative energy don't don't let people dull your light and do it yeah and people and like that's the other thing too if you don't know your own values not only like will you be more susceptible to following other people's values but the world will want you to follow values that aren't your own like the world will actively want you to go off your own path and do something totally different that you're not really passionate about. And then you'll do that and then feel resentful and bitter against the world. Yeah, and, um, and it's not the world's fault. It's your fault. Yeah, because you've got to be strong in those values. And not only do you have to have values, you have to defend them and yes. practice them. Yes. And, yeah. like, and be strong in that. And if people are, you know, the world will, like, kind of bully you, like, in a, in a sort of very much a high school-ish way this kind of you'll feel shame like if you've got personal values there will be people who will shame you for them you know whether Definitely. it be you know, say you want to uh if you're somebody who wants to take a particular route in life that seems unorthodox um uh, at a particular time or you know you might the, the world will kind of shame you and, and laugh at you and especially it's like that's something else i've noticed now is that if you want to do something uh, against hustle culture as well. Like, if yeah. You, if you want to live a more peaceful, slow living life, the world will kind of be like, ah, uh, excuse me, you're <laughs> not being a boss, babe. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, oh wow, you're just being like a lazy person. Like, you're not living. You know that that's an example of the world bullying mm. you mm. Like, um, mm. into values that aren't yours. So watch out for that. Have values and then defend them. The other thing I just wanted to say on top of that is you said something that. I thought was awesome the other day when we were having coffee. You said, this was, call it God, call it un the universe, call it whatever. You were talking about making a really big purchase in your life and that that 
There was oh, yeah. one certain thing that you could have moved towards that was a really hard path and mm. it would have been a slog, it would have been a really hard path and you would have pushed against the grain in that mm. you would have really kind of bullied yourself towards one path. Yeah, it was physically possible. Yeah, the yeah. universe, God, whatever you call it, was giving you, was paving you a smooth yet also productive path. Yeah, in another manner, in another instance. So yeah. what I'm trying to say there is like, sometimes life gives you cues, gives you signs Absolutely. to yeah. move towards something, yeah. and and sometimes and and that was your sign, and maybe this is someone else's sign to take that. Yeah, totally. Don't don't go into something and be like, oh well, everyone else is doing it, so I should make this big purchase or do this big decision or go do this particular university course or make this big career change because other people are doing it or because I, I should do it or because there's glory attached to it. That is like, you know, just because it's possible for you to slog it out and to bully yourself into doing something, really sit back and be like, is that what I want to do? And, and is that, is that journey worth it? You know, our next one. And I think we're planning an episode in the future on this because mm -hmm. we could talk about this. We could talk about anything for two hours, but we can talk about this for two hours, totally. like for sure. Um, and that is cyclical productivity. And what we mean by that is following, this is more for the, for the women that are watching is following your cycle. Yeah. Like your, uh, your menstrual cycle, your menstrual cycle and adapting yes. your life into like the the natural 28 day cycle that we have mm -hmm. already programmed into us and you know maximizing your productivity around what kind of stage of your cycle you're in because you know most people and i only knew until pretty recently that there was just like you have your period like the actual day of bleed the days of bleeding um ovulate ovulation and then like that was it. But you have multiple phases yes. all, at every single point. You are in a particular phase. So you have your like follicular phase, you have your um, uh, ovulation phase, and then you have your luteal phase. And then you move into uh, the start of your cycle again, which is your period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is guided by three key hormones, testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen. And those hormones all fluctuate differently based on your cycle and like it or not women are very hormonal creatures we are and totally. it's important for us to work with those hormones rather than against those hormones and go oh my god no absolutely not i'm going to neglect my needs you should listen to your body listen to your needs totally. and fulfill them instead totally and it's like if you if you are able to work with your body you'll find that you get more productivity out of your yeah. out of your day and out of your month because you are working with yourself and um it will it just honestly like for me instead of um going against the grain of my own cycle um and forcing myself to be extra hard working during parts of my cycle where i really needed to be resting and nurturing myself mm -hmm. and then you know vice versa once i started to learn about more about my cycle um i became so much happier so much more fulfilled and honestly my like pms symptoms stopped a lot yeah. like i was able to you know like obviously we still experience it and then and there's obviously things you can't control as well like if you if you um, have endometriosis or pcos or you you know or maybe you just have really really bad um painful pms that doesn't need to be uh, medically managed um i'm not talking about that but you know just you know normal 
PMS symptoms that I would get every month and I used to hate them and I used to be so angry about, oh, it's my period, I'm so annoyed and now now I feel like blessed and, and happy and grateful for my period and it's like, yeah, I'm like, yes, I'm a yeah. woman, this is healthy, this is good, this is the part of my month where I'm, I want to nurture that and relax and look after myself and I just see it in a different way. It's, it's your way, it's your body's way, I like to think of it anyway, as your body's way of purging out a lot of the negativity and the bad emotions that happen throughout the rest yeah. of the cycle because how horrible would it be if you were to like hold on to that as women sometimes well some of us anyway can't hold on to it you have to let it go you yeah. have to like let that energy go and when you work with your body yeah it's it's going to benefit you rather than battling against it for all of your life totally and there are so many different like um you know websites and books and resources on the internet if you look at um you know uh cyclic like productivity or looking at you know in what phase, you know, uh, like what should I be eating? How should I be nurturing myself? There's so many different available resources to look at that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, there are some parts of your cycle where you're going to have um, a lot of energy and you're going to be ready to go and you before, don't need as much sleep. Yeah. And like, um, you know, just before ovulation and like all those hormones are like going up and up, you have all this like passion and energy and you're going to be really creative and you're going to do really cool things. It's like that, you know, maximize that to like your advantage, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's when you're going to be your most creative, your, you know, and, and you can, when you understand your cycle and know what phase you're in, um, yeah, you can really maximize your productivity by, um, by learning about that. And so, and then equally, it's important to, to know that some parts in your cycle, you will feel slow and a little bit more sluggish mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, you will want to be more cozy and like, you know, take care of yourself and it's like this you know that's that's the time to nurture yourself that's the time to slow down that's the time to not put unrelenting standards or expectations yes. on yourself yeah that's the time for self-care and um yeah when you work with that it's just such a it's such a blessing honestly like um it it makes me feel so much more um grateful about being a woman and like honestly the menstrual cycle is unbelievably complex and cool and fascinating absolutely fascinating yeah. it is and it's so empowering when you it is empowering yeah. and that's the thing about society is that for so many years they've made us feel like it's something it's a burden like the yeah. female system the way our body works is a burden it's we a should burden. be yeah. working we, it, it is not it is so empowering and being a woman is a beautiful thing and I don't know for me not being on birth control working with my cycle yeah. and understanding my body is very empowering absolutely yeah it's like I've been on birth control since I was and like a lot of people since I was 15 16 right and a lot of us started it for like you know acne or control and it's like don't run the pill and like sometimes people really need to take it because there's, uh, if they don't, then they are in excruciating pain or they like have all these excruciating symptoms that can only be managed medically. And, and I, I don't mean to talk about that, but if you have a normal natural cycle and, um, and you know, you don't have like really terrible PMS symptoms, if you're just taking birth control, just because that's what you do, like, that's what I was doing. I was taking birth control because didn't know any different i just assumed that like until you were ready to have a baby you'd just be on birth control yeah which is insane because that is like completely 
changing the structure of your natural hormonal yeah. cycle. Yeah, and before you have the baby as well, like you're yeah. meant to be off the pill for a while to be able to conceive properly so you understand you understand when you're ovulating, like Absolutely. you understand like you understand your body and not only will that help you through conception, it'll also help you with pregnancy and postpartum. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So our next one, which is uh, also kind of similar to this idea of like cyclical productivity, is breaking it down and also working with your daily energy levels. Yeah. I, mean, I know some people are like night owls, some people, which, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, maybe uh, considering that we should be getting all this sleep and working with the body, with the natural clock of the day for our circadian rhythms. But there's also like the early birds. Anyway, either way, we should kind of track when we're most productive. Yeah, when we've got that's the like, most energy. That's a personal experience. Like, I think you can generally gauge the fact that like most people thrive being awake in the day and being asleep at night, right? Like, this is just like facts. Yeah. But, like some people are gonna be. There's a bit of wiggle room around that. Yeah, right? yeah. Some people like I, I like I. And as I get older too, I just wake up early. I can't sleep in. There's like some people I like love sleeping and they get like. I don't know, and then they're just like a little bit more productive at night, and um, you know they might go to bed at like 10, 11 p.m. and that's like normal for them. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna be in bed more by like eight or nine. Um, and so working with that and being like, well, when do I personally thrive? You know, yeah. um, and making sure that you structure your um, the how you go about your day around that so that you can thrive the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me personally, it's definitely in the morning um, and it's that time where I can get complex tasks done because my the part of my brain that has a lot of critical thought, a lot of energy for deep thinking and flow is really kind of really kind of working and clicking away so if I can sit down and get like a big chunk of writing done or a lot of analyses done it'll be in the morning and I'll be yeah. in the best mindset for totally. that whereas as the day progresses I get really lazy I get really sluggish I have to have more caffeine sometimes which is not good as we spoke about and as as the day progresses basically I become useless by like three o'clock I'm completely useless in terms of my um, work productivity so at around like when I notice my energy levels really decline that's when I start the mundane tasks and what I mean by that is like things that are a little bit more robotic mm. data cleaning for academics <laughs> yeah. that's one of those tasks sending emails yeah um, maybe organizing the next day for yourself totally. Things you can do on 50%. Things that you can do on 50%. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, structuring the next day to come. Like, what do I need to do next? Like, what, you know, and that, that, yeah, like, uh, some people call it, like, eating the frog, doing the hardest thing, and then getting that over and done with in the morning when when you're, you're most productive and then you're at your ability. And if you've got something hard to do, doing it early in the morning is, like, if it's hard to do, it's going to take a while. Yeah. But you've got a lot of time to yeah. work it out. You have time to speak to people if things go wrong. If you do a hard thing at the end of the day, well, you don't have a whole lot of time to work that out because then you're going to have to go to bed soon. Yeah. So, and, then, uh, and then if you need resources, like if you if you need to go talk to somebody about a particular problem, you need to collaborate, well, then they're probably not going to be available in the evening. So there's like this, yeah. you know, so um, – uh, that's I, I agree with you there like doing the hardest thing in the morning and then like setting yourself up so like 
what what things do I need to do today and what are the like the easiest ones mm. and like pushing them to the end so that you know it's almost like a reward once you like do yeah. the hard things you can graduate to a more easy task because it's like a sense of relief it's yeah. like okay cool definitely yeah but but also like on the flip side of that I know some people and sometimes I get this like I can get a big burst of energy at around six o'clock which is the perfect time to like yeah. I don't know utilize that energy and do something creative um and and, and work again or like I don't know edit or like yeah. yeah exercise just something just working with your natural levels and using using your natural energy levels to their advantage totally yeah and that's like a you know we've talked about cycle singing which is like very specific to women but like working with your everyday clock is specific to everybody yeah because everyone's got one exactly yeah mm -hmm. so um anyway those are our eight um, best life productivity hacks. Yeah. Um, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. It was a little bit different from what we normally do. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to hear more of this style of podcast, please like, comment, subscribe. Follow whatever channel you're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, give us feedback. We're, we're really keen to, to hear feedback from people. So, um, yeah. Yeah.